You're on now. Here we go. I'm on now. Hey, welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my longtime business partner, Adam Sunhalter. We're with a company called Maximum Value Partners, and we're business coaches. And the purpose of our show is to explore and talk about small businesses, and we define that as companies from 1 to 25 employees. They cover any business or any industry. makes no difference. And we've been doing this for so long, we've coached hundreds of them, and there's probably not too many things we haven't seen in the small business world. We love to talk about it. We uh, have a lot of fun doing it. And we've uh, been able to help a lot of people. And that's very satisfactory in many cases, in many ways. And what do you think, Adam? we got a good show tonight, and... and uh, I'm going to keep talking. That's all right. We always, we always have a good show, Jack. We get prepped for it, have a lot of fun, and there's so many things to talk about. One of the challenges we have is narrowing it down to uh, just a handful of things to be able to cover. Uh, you're always welcome to be part of the show. Uh, we're here live every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can get us here in the studio at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. You can hit us up on the Twittersphere. Twittersphere. Twittersphere? I don't know. Whatever Twitter they call it. You know what it is. Yeah, Twitter. There are Twitter handles. We've got three of them. We got our company Twitter handle, which is at Maximum VP. If you want to get Jack Mancini, you go at Jack M M V P. Is that how you get me? That's how you get you. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's at Adam Sonhalter. We also do email, that old school email, not snail mail, but that's electronic snail mail, I guess, right? That's why it's email, e e electronic, like the electric slide for e. So I think you're right. Our email address I think is radio. You got it, Adam. You nailed it. Radio <laughs> at maximumvp.com, and last but not least, at our website, maximumvp.com forward slash how h-o-w nice little form goes up there if you got a how question you want to submit if you have a comment or a question or or, 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 or some sort of input on what we're talking about you can put it up there as well we have lots of ways for you to get a hold of us and um, even if you don't we have lots of things we like to talk about anyway we got lots of things kind of going on here so well, we're going to pull from our archival our deep archival uh, files here uh, or Things that have been topical in the news lately or visits with our clients. We have to mask our clients' names. They always think we're talking about them, and nine out of ten times they're wrong. But we do kind of uh, develop how questions and issues from our our, uh, day-to-day meetings with our clients because it's just rich with a lot of education and and fun and problem-solving and, uh, let's say, disputed but always in a good nature differences. Uh, as we move the ball forward and our clients, long-term clients especially, end up being very successful. And we define that as growing sustainable profits once all the, the sense of their business is made uh, clearer by, by our process. So our show is kind of like the show Jeopardy. I think most people have probably seen the show Jeopardy where you have to answer the question or answer it in the form of a question, right? So you can't just answer the question. So we got to come here with how questions, H-O-W questions, because that's what happens with all of our clients. There's all, so many how questions. And what's beautiful about what we do day-to-day with coaching our clients is we have examples every day of, of things that, that come up. So one of the first how questions we want to address tonight is something we talk with a lot of our clients about. And how does, how does delaying on dealing with a bad employee harm your business? Okay. So how does delaying dealing with a bad employee harm your business? 
And there's lots of examples out there. And I know uh, all of you own companies, or if you work for companies, you know what bad employees look like. What kind of harm can they do to it? And so there are a couple of recent ones that have popped in the news recently that I think most people are aware of to some extent. Uh, about a, three, four weeks ago, this uh, film producer, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, no. Okay. And just recently, last couple of days, a guy named Kevin Spacey, all right, who's an actor, a pretty well-known actor on a show, most recent show, uh, which is very, very popular on Netflix called House of Cards. So what's happened there is uh, these two gentlemen have been accused of sexual assault over a number of periods of years of, uh, of praying after whether it be women or men or a combination thereof. And, you know, we're not going to dwell on this too much other than to say, look, these are, these are bad employees. <laughs> what do I say that? You know, if things you read and hear about with, with, with the Weinstein case, there were, there were clauses in, in, this, in, this, in this guy's contract that he'd be fined. Something like $100,000 he'd be fined if he was groping people. So here, here's the board, the folks running this company, trying to deal with and delay dealing with the bad employee by trying to work around stuff, right? There have been accusations and, and, and hints and winks about stuff going on with Kevin Spacey for years. And here the guy comes out the night before an accusation saying, oh, by the way, I, I happen to be homosexual as a way to maybe distract it. All of a sudden he's, he's trying a PR move, which is very similar to what his character in House of Cards does in terms of putting, hey, look at the, look at the smoke over here. Don't look at the fire back over here kind of thing, you know? So... These, you know, are examples of bad employees. Why do I say that? Because you look at the Weinstein Company, you look at the folks who are on the House of Cards show, there are thousands of people who are employed there that are now at risk of losing their livelihood and their jobs because of these bad employees. Now, these are very extreme examples, Jack. They but are. I want to use them to make Wait, a point. They are? They're, they're, those, oh boy, those are extreme? Those sound like every day. Everyday occurrences. <laughs> everyone does that stuff. No, everyone, everyone has bad employees. Okay, I'm trying to make the point to give you a sense of, on the extreme level, what can that look like? So as you look at your company, we had a client <laughs> we were talking to just yesterday about this, and we, we believe me, this is something that's, you know, still drives Jack nuts. So we come, we're, we're, it's almost like, like we're counselors to, to some extent. Where we'll talk about, usually it's bad employees, and often when people come talk to us about employees, believe it or not, they usually are not coming to rave about somebody. They might, but that'll be for a few minutes, and we'll spend 20 minutes talking about somebody who's screwing up. It's very similar to somebody who comes to your business, Jack, and they have a, a bad experience. What's the, what, you know, what do the stats say? If somebody has a bad experience with their company, they're going to tell like 10 people about it. If they have a good experience with the company, they'll probably tell one person about it. See, I, I have little tolerance for this stuff, and I have little tolerance for, for somebody deemed a bad employee. The Kevin Spacey stuff and all that, that's a whole different level of discussion, which we could talk about for quite a while. Judging, judging, old judging today, using today's standards to judge activity that basically was, was done decades ago. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pontificating, a lot of uh, righteousness, a lot of manipulation, of course, in, in it all, it isn't just purity that, that's doing its judgment. I, I get a little upset about, about standards and differences of, of decades. People can righteously say, well, something bad is bad forever and was always bad. No, that's not true. Uh, there were circumstances that, that have to be discussed and brought out. But that's is, all beside the point. Right, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a different topic. We want to talk about so bad we employees. So we're talking about bad employees. Well, you, that's how you started with right. the bad employee. But... Uh, 
A bad employee is somebody who steals. A bad employee can be many, you know, who So hold on, who what's slacks, stealing? What's stealing look like, Jack? I, I, I want to give you an example because we had... We, you know, somebody today. We got a, we, so we, well, we, we got a text today, too. Separate text on something else. But you, you, have, you have one from today that we saw? Somebody no, I'll, uh, you know, in our afternoon... Uh, our afternoon meeting talking about getting rid of an employee was stealing, stealing uh, like steal bacon stuff. in right, a yeah. pizza shop. That's <laughs> right, stealing food. So right? okay, so what? Do you, uh, my so, my tolerance is low with bad employees. See, uh, we, we 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 have a show, so we'll talk about this a little bit. But if, if I'm running a irritated. business, he's getting irritated already. Can you tell us why? <laughs> I am. I, it, it's, <laughs> he's got his arms folded. He's, he's already pissed uh, off. This is good. All right. If you got somebody <laughs> who, if you got somebody who is considered a bad employee, bad, the very obvious bad, not the difference of opinion bad, but they're stealing. They're doing something that's extremely detrimental. They're they're uh, pumping up their time clock or their their hours. They're, that's stealing. That's, 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 that's yeah, very that's clear stealing, and that's wrong, and that can be wrong for generations. But the point is, uh, what do you do? You know, I'm not a big believer of second chance, third chance, fourth chance. If you're if you're stealing, of course, there's reasons and stories, but I don't really want to hear them. I I don't. I have a business to run. I'm I'm. It's hard enough trying to do the things I'm trying to do in a good way. And if all of a sudden you're you're deciding that your personal needs, for whatever reason, are stronger, and you're going to do something that you know is illegal, you go. Period. And I resent the tremendous amount of regulations coming in to protect people like that that uh, hopefully are are dying off. But there's no good reason for it. There's no reason to spend endless hours talking about somebody deemed bad and not good for your company. Your company suffers whenever that happens. It doesn't get better. It just doesn't. I've never seen it, and I've been around for a while. So we so we got a text earlier today from one of our clients who had a person who was stealing time, right? Basically inflating their time card, not doing stuff. A person who had gone from an hourly to a, to a fixed uh, a fixed salary uh, contract, and it was it was literally within weeks or maybe a few months that their production just I mean drop tremendously right and so of course we spent an inordinate amount of time we inordinate I, talking I, about this how many hours but we knew <laughs> but we knew we knew where it wasn't going to go right so we got the text today that this uh, employee who had been adjusted back to hourly uh, a little while ago put in put in a uh, a resignation they're going somewhere else and of course i had one response shocking just shocking, Jack. This is uh, this, this yeah, is lead, lead the nightly news, we right? Shocking, see that right? One, right? So <clears throat> that's one way, one way, and a very popular way to deal with it, which is to kind of bide your time, slowly kind of ease the person down, you know, stop giving them new stuff, and you kind of let it kind of die in the vine. And eventually, this person will leave. That happens quite a bit, and. It, I guess it makes it a little bit easier on the owner not to go in and fire somebody. Most people don't like to fire people. Nobody right? likes to fire somebody, but, you know, uh, why in the world are you choosing to run a company and you're the ultimate decision maker and you don't make decisions? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't square up and then complain that you aren't making money or whatever the complaint is. That's why I have very low tolerance for it. So one of the things we point out for our clients and one of the very big benefits that, that they get from our coaching is We'll put up a after you know a second or third meeting. We'll say, hey, "Do you realize you keep talking about you keep talking about Henry over there, and you've never said a good word about Henry in the last three meetings? Do you realize that?" And I know that it's it, it's been on your mind for the last couple months, and it's there. And uh, yeah, we only hear the negative stuff. I know that that Henry's doing some positive stuff too. But come on, 
this is really weighing on you. And you know, if if Henry came in and again gave you his resignation, would you be secretly relieved, or would you be you know, would you be scrambling around? That's the test. That's the question and, you ask. And that's something that that we got from a book called Good to Great. Jim Collins used that. We've always found it to be very very helpful. Asking that very very simple question, knowing what you know today. You know, would you hire that person again? It's another question to kind of ask. That book has is, is spanned a lot of time. It, it, uh, it's, it's been good. That, yeah. That's a testament to it. Yes, it is. It's mm-hmm. been it well-researched, and it puts a lot of good things out there. So quit dealing with your bad employees. That's what we wanted to cover here in our first segment today. Talk about bad employees. How do you deal? How does it harm your business? Because it is harming your business. And keep in mind, your team knows. And it's impacting your team. That's part of our discussion with, with, with one of our clients yesterday. I said, look. You guys are hearing about this stuff now, but your team is dealing with, with this person day in and day out. It's create, it's making their life miserable. And so what tends to happen is the good people leave, which is exactly what you don't want. You want your good people to stay. That's right. And they're, and they're taking the door. So, all right. So that's our first segment. We'll be back here in a, in a, in a few seconds. When we, when we come back, we'll have some other how questions to address. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And as I said at the start of the show, we're business coaches with a company called Maximum Value Partners. We help un, we, we, yes, we help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. And we're here tonight talking about one of our many infinite number of how questions. And one of the how questions, or the one we're talking about, and before we get into that one, though, but what do you do with bad employees? How do you get rid of them? How do you handle that situation when you have an employee who is bad? I don't mean a bad dude. I mean a, a <laughs> bad, bad, bad employee the for the company. <laughs> we had another. Let me float another one. We can do two, three at a time here. We had a, uh, a client today whose business was not real successful last year, which, you know, you had to make some changes, and changes were made. So this year, as the year is coming to an end, they have extreme profitability. So here he is. Somewhat of a new entrepreneur, been four or five years, first time tasting very good success. The challenge put to him going into the end of the year with bonuses, he's has, he has a discretionary bonus uh, process here in which he can decide who should get what. So we instructed him to basically put a, a little spreadsheet together which shows all employees what they're making, what they're making this year, what their current rates are and start to basically decide who should get what kind of bonus. And if you are a business owner out there and have been in a situation, how do you decide what kind of bonuses are paid out? Most people, in my opinion, faced with that situation, kind of cop out and go through a formula. And the formula now uh, allows them not to make a, a very difficult subjective decision was Harry better than Sally, and by, by how much, and how should I reward them for a year-end bonus? How do I judge the work effort and the success that they have, have uh, helped the company achieve? How do I do this? 
Well, you know, we're going to bring that up again later on down the line when the decision is finally made by, by the owner of this company, and we'll let you know how it works out. But if you care to uh, call in and tell us how you, as an owner of a business, allocate bonuses at your end, we'd like to hear it. You can call us by 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. That's the number here in the studio. We have, uh, actually, I think the way most people do it, Jack, isn't necessarily formula because formula becomes complex. I think a lot of people do it that way. I think even more do it the way our client talked about yesterday, which is for the first time ever, they gave out Christmas bonuses last, last year to their entire team. You know, there have been years they've given out you know, bonuses to, to select a few people, but last year was the first time everybody in the company got some sort of a Christmas bonus check. And when I say that they they do it like most people do it, which is what they did, is they just handed out the checks with no rhyme or reason, with no explanation, just say, hey, thanks, Jack. Here's a little something that showed up for you in your in your paycheck. So what happens there are a couple things. First off, because I got a Christmas bonus last year, guess what I'm expecting this year, Jack? That's right. Another bonus, right? And because of the way most people think, they figure, well, it's probably going to go up, right? Because... People always get paid more every year. Everybody gets raises every year, right? That's how things work. And then I'll get more of my bonus. So I'm going to almost pre-spend that money knowing that it's probably going to be there and probably be a little bit more than what I had last year because that's something new that we're doing as a company. And, I mean, gee, if I look around, Jack, it seems like we have more things going on here, right? we got some more people who are here and more activity and more, you know, trucks and people and stuff flying around. I mean, you know, hey, you know things must be better this year. So, of course, I'll get a bigger bonus this year, right? So why is that? So why is That's what? the question. So why, why, why are bonuses? Yeah, just just hand, <laughs> hand so, it out and. Well, so so here's what we advise people to do. We give them some some perspective. First of all, so, so they they hand them out. And they don't give any perspective, and they don't tell them how the company's doing. All right. So wasted people, opportunity, isn't right. it? So we say, look, you got to educate your team about what's kind of going on in terms of the the, the company. And we've had a client who said this this week. We've had clients and and, and prospects say it a lot. So look, I am not comfortable with these numbers. They'll be pointing at their profit loss or their balance sheet, whatever they've, they, they've been able to pull out of their, their, their QuickBooks or their, or their accounting system. Say, I'm not comfortable with these numbers, so I don't want to present them to my team, which is where most owners of small companies are. They don't know and understand their numbers well enough to, to, to know how to kind of put it out there, and they're deathly afraid of trying to explain how the company's doing to their to their to their to their so team. So the only time they talk numbers is when the company is having a, a generally bad problem or in a bad trend. Right. Rather than talk about the good and the bad. Talking about the good is kind of fun and can be fun. And it's it's sort of a maturity of a business owner that and the confidence that they can get up in front of their employees on a regular basis and give them the status of the company in terms of numbers, projects, successes, failures, weaknesses, and more importantly, when you're when you're administering a discretionary bonus plan, you know if you've been keeping just even informal records, and there's legalities involved with some of this stuff, like everything you touch, but but for the most part, uh, you you know who contributed pretty good in 19 or. In, Excuse me. And two, two, you know, 19, two, they're dead and gone probably somewhere. But uh, t- uh, 2016, you know who did well. And they should be comfortably rewarded more so than somebody who you know didn't do well. 
And that's how you manage a company. That's one of many, making tougher choices, decisions, many of them subjective. Uh, don't don't worry about hurt feelings and things like that. And a the the business uh, or the the business of what I made last year shouldn't even be be known. But sometimes, unfortunately, it does it does pop out. So Adam gets a five thousand dollar bonus, and I get a three thousand dollar bonus. Oh wait a minute, what the hell did Adam do? How come he got more than I got? Blah 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 blah. So you got to, as an owner, be able to stand up and defend that briefly, not deeply. That's your choice as the owner, and that's my choice to leave that company if I don't think I'm being rewarded properly. So we talk about a couple things. Jack's mentioned discretionary bonus, okay? So where does that discretionary bonus come from? And what we're very big fans of, and it comes back to the idea of educating your team, is setting aside a certain percentage of the profit of the company. Because part of the question people often will ask is, how do I get people to buy in and do the right kind of things? Well, if there's some sort of a benefit or, or a detriment to them, they start to pay attention. You know, again, if it's something that's just hurting you as the owner, I'm not necessarily as worried about it. If it's hurting me, then I'm just going to start to pay attention a little more to it. So educating people about well, here's what the plan is for the year. And let's say, let's pick a number. Let's say uh, that I'm going to take 10% of, of our profit. And I'm putting it in the pool. That's that discretionary pool Jack's talking about. So if I have 100000 bucks in profit, I'm taking 10% of that profit. I'm putting $10,000 here in a pool. And the, the beauty of the discretionary piece, as Jack's talking about, is it gets away from all these complex... Very confusing formulas that become, quite frankly, a pain in the budinsky, okay? And it lets you look at a lot of things that aren't as measurable. Things like attitude and just, you know, going above and beyond the call of duty. And if you're paying your people well, as it is, they're getting paid for doing the basic work of their job. The idea of a discretionary bonus is to give and recognize what they're doing to go above and beyond the call of duty and a way to, to recognize and thank them for that, Okay. So to have the ability to dole out, like Jack said, hey, to give somebody a couple thousand dollars and somebody else a couple hundred dollars. Okay, well, it's trying to give your sense of what you value, what they're doing. So maybe, hey, somebody brings a good new idea that all of a sudden turn into some new business for you. Well, you'd like to reward that, wouldn't you, versus the guy that you know, barely shows up on time every day, only does the, the, the bare minimum to, get, to kind of get stuff by. Why should you be giving that person a bonus? Just because they're part of the team? Well, that's what happens, you know. It... Uh it, it settles into the structure of the company, unfortunately. You know, something should be kept very sharp, and it's the owner's duty to do that. And, you know, make things, make things uh, strongly incentivized and keep following up with that. Don't do the easy thing to try to pacify everybody and avoid any conflict. Conflict's okay. Conflict kind of helps people get sharp and, and often gets rid of the the marginal people in the company. They move on to something else, and that's fine, which leads us back into the good employee, bad employee. Well, what a great way to, to deliver a message. That's if right. Sudden, uh, most everybody else is I'm hearing about them getting little bonuses in their in their, their weekly or bi paycheck, and I got bupkis. No, all here, I yeah. got was a Hershey kiss, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't go too far, does it? No, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it kind of gives a message, It certainly it? sends a message. That's actually a good thing to put in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lump of coal. It's a Hershey kiss instead. That's okay. right. Same thing. A little sweeter. That's right. All. So yeah, it's a way to to, to <clears throat> deliver a message. And again, you know, we we're not big wor fans of you know of the word fair, as you know. If you've heard any of our podcasts, it's probably come up on almost every one of them. That fair. Okay, what's fair? Well, if I'm working my butt off for you and, and going above and beyond the call of duty, is it fair that that Jack over there is slacking off, not doing anything, gets the same kind of bonus I do? 
Well, it's not going to encourage me to, to, to work as hard next year. Or it's going to encourage me to go find a different place to go work. Somebody appreciates what I bring to the company. All my work, all my efforts, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a good way to kind of separate those things out. And this is a great time of year to bring that up, Jack, because here we are, the beginning of November. And as we're thinking about, how do you dole out those those bonuses? You have time to do it this year and do it in a way that's a little bit that's a little bit better to kind of explain to your team what's happening. And picture getting in front of your team, explain, hey, here's what we're doing. We have a pool of X dollars, folks. And guess what? Not everybody's getting some of it. Isn't that good news? Would that be would that be heard by the team? What do you think? They they probably recall that one, wouldn't you think, Jack? I think that's one of those memorable moments. Yeah. And so again, so they'll say it's unfair. That somewhere the ones, the ones, the ones who got the low end of it will think it's unfair. The ones who got the high end will say, okay, this is an okay system. So as you might imagine, our client said, hey, so when are you and Jack coming down to address our team to let them know what's kind of going on in terms of they are getting bonuses if somebody else is? So <laughs> that's right. We'll, we'll address that one a little bit later. But stick around. We come back from the from the break. We'll have, have another how question for you. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are here to have some fun tonight with business owners. We'd love to have you. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. All right, we're back with Dirty Secrets of Small Business. How are you tonight? I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I am Jack Mancini, and we are here kind of talking about how questions. We're business coaches. And we like to uh, say that we help owners of small businesses get unstuck from a state of how. All these endless how questions that you have. It's the best way to frame a question. Sometimes you don't even know what you don't know, but you know you have a problem, but you don't know how to describe it. So often you start with how, looking for the solution. Well, we've solved thousands of how questions. We do it every day with our client base. We have a lot of fun doing it, and there aren't too many things we haven't seen. So tonight we've extracted from the deep caves of our archives here a couple of how questions that we're playing around with. And if you want to add to the program, you're certainly welcome to, uh, to call in and throw your how question into the pot. See if it's worthy enough. The deep archives and based on situations that just happened the last couple of days, last couple of weeks. So <laughs> deep into the annals of our, of our, of our history here. Yeah. So we talked about how, how dealing... How delaying and dealing with bad employees can harm your business. We gave some examples there. And then right on the back end of that, we talked about how do you determine what kind of bonuses to give people. We're at that time of year. A year-end bonus is coming up, Christmas time, all that kind of fun stuff. What do you do about bonuses? Are you are you like Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life or Scrooge and, and you're, you're, you're pinching your pennies together? Or, or are you like sharing Santa Claus and sharing things out, and, you know, spreading the wealth? They had clients who love to do that. Hey, they, they, they want to be the ones handing out those Christmas bonus checks every year. So what do you like, and, and how does that impact your culture, and how come it's never quite received in the way that you want it to be received, um, where it should be a very positive, it, joyous occasion it's, by it's people? It's funny that it uses, well, that's where that cliche, it's lonely at the top comes from. It's, I mean, that's one of many. You, you do things that you get excited as the owner of a business. You, you, know, you have a nice workforce, everyone's getting along. You had a reasonably successful year in terms of profit. So you you can get kind of excited about handing out the some of the wealth here, and you don't get the reaction back that you would expect. And why is that? Well, the people receiving the the checks don't feel they're big enough. They feel you, the owner, 
is is making way too much money uh, only because they have no perspective. Nobody's educating them differently. So they might hear sales or they they see a big order coming in for 100000 or $200,000 and and somebody's talking about millions of dollars in overall sales, but they, they have no clue how to evaluate that. So they get a, b- a bonus that, you know, would be in the low thousands or high hundreds or whatever the heck it is. And, and they're thinking millions. They're thinking big numbers all of a sudden, and they have no idea. So they don't give you the reaction. Some do. Some of the more astute, uh, I don't even know how to characterize them, who who they seem to be in the minority, who see what you're trying to do as an owner of a business and share the wealth. Um, the appreciation level isn't nearly as high as the expectation by many of the owners, and that's unfortunate. So you got to not harden yourself, but somewhat, you know, to understand that there is a divide, and it's up to you as the owner to make people more educated in terms of how business works. And it can reverse that, that whole attitude if people understand. So we go to great lengths trying to not preach it, but talk about the, the, the values of that because it really makes a company's culture much better when people understand business and are encouraged to, to speak up and let the spotlight shine on them, let them get rewards for contributing to the company above and beyond what their job calls for. I mean, that's what bonuses are all about. So... Yes. It's preach time. it. It's you time. can preach it. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a couple of topics we talked about, and I got another kind of how one. That, we have a lot of employee stuff today. It's often we spend stuff with employees, things are going back and forth. So uh, for some reason, Jack, whenever attorneys seem to get involved, things get screwed up or become more complex. And and we often try to use logic in business and, and we, we start to recognize once the law gets involved that pretty much you can throw logic out the door in terms of how things work. So so how do you how do you hire somebody that was referred to you by a, a new employee who's under a non solicit agreement? You know, and, and we had this this case recently with a client of ours where you know, the, the employer was not aware of this non solicit agreement that was in place. And so they're out interviewing people, they placed you know, placed their their uh, their ad on ZipRecruiter or Indeed, one of those sites, and and we're, we're getting people you know submitting resumes, and so happened that a former colleague of one of his new employees submitted a resume. They interviewed him, and out of the candidates they interviewed, this was the candidate that candidate that they decided to hire, and so uh, they provide an offer, and this employee then quits quits the the current job, and within a couple of days all of a sudden there's a there's a lawyer letter arriving to our client and to his new employee telling him that they violated the non-solicitation agreement that this you know former employee had so you know if, if you've been in business for a while chances are you've gotten lawyer letters before covering and, something that's for sure yeah, yeah and so the first one is always very unsettling for sure and uh, this this new employee of his got one to his home he and his wife didn't sleep that night imagine you know, put yourself in those shoes also you get this threatening looking lawyer letter from a big law firm telling you that you've now violated some agreement and they're coming after you right so they're freaking out so our, our client hey let's calm things down what's kind of going on so as often the case with a lot of our clients we get the first phone call they aren't calling the lawyer first they're calling us to talk about what's kind of going on to explain the situation so you know that's true we should talk about that some night i mean it uh People, you know, so many of our clients call us in between rather than their other so-called trusted advisors. 
Um, that's that's a good subject for another another night. But go on, Adam. So. Okay. So, Colin, to kind of just lay out the situation. Hey, what <coughs> should I do here? Right. I said so. I sort of gave him some guidance on, and I said, you know, of course, unfortunately, I said, that, you know, at this point, you probably should just talk to your lawyer because they're looking for a response. And lawyer to lawyer is one thing, but you know, at the end of the day, the, the, the initial reaction is, hey, can I just call this other business owner and see what you know? What does this owner want? Right. Yeah, you know, instead of paying lawyers, you know, fees, what's this guy looking for? Is he looking to to get paid something for this employee coming over here? Does he does he want the employee not to be employed anywhere? And again, you know, is there is there some vendettes guy? Is he trying to put his former employee in the in the poorhouse who's got five kids at home, wherever it's going to be? You know, what, what what's this person really want, right? But no, a lawyer's gotten involved here now, and you can't do that, Jack, because if you go do that. All of a sudden, you're going to bring, open yourself up to all kinds of other exposures of stuff. You can't say this. You can't say that. All of a sudden, you go talk to a lawyer, and you get shackles put on you. I, I mean, that's why they have shackles in prison. You see lawyers you know, hanging out with, with prison all the time because often <laughs> in business, you feel like you're in an orange jumpsuit, and you got, you got you got shackles on all the time. It's one of those old standards that uh, <laughs> well, won't get into that. No, go on. So yeah. they're, they're trying to, to, to avoid stuff, and it's like the, the, the common sense part of this stuff. Say, so, hey, you know, what do you really want? You know, What are you looking for here? So... What the what the lawyer advised him and said, okay, well, hey, you know, you know you're okay because you you know you as the as the um, employer were not aware of this agreement, so you're in the clear. But hey, your 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 new employee, you know, there's some writing back and forth. You know the uh, you know emails that say, hey, so and so told me to apply for the job. Also, there, there there's some evidence there, right, that would be damning for this this uh, this new employee of our client who's a you know, so. He's out of he, you know, he's out of luck. Okay, so goes away, comes back, tells the lawyer, says, "Okay, well, gee, th- this guy hasn't started, by the way. Oh, he hasn't started yet. Okay, well, just take the offer back, and you guys are both in the clear." Easy enough. That's Easy right. enough, right? Okay, Problem so, solved. All right, so our client is human, like most folks. He feels bad for this guy, right? And you know, gave this person an offer to come work for us, quit his job, is going to come work for us, and now I have to rescind that offer, right? And he's been told by his attorney he can't say anything. <laughs> All he can say is that things have changed on your end. You can't give again. This is somebody well, that's, that that's justice, Adam. Well, justice has been served. But think about it. So this is somebody that our client thought thought enough about, and uh, his employee thought enough about that they decided to give this person an offer, right? And so, but you can't tell him what's really going on. <laughs> well, the thing that would change is that your your former employer is a total jerk and is is now trying to sue us to keep you from getting from from getting work so Isn't that something so how, how do things evolve like that why why is well, that's one way for it to happen we have another client that had had somebody that um they provide a service and and this employee wanted to go work for one of the clients and of course they have a similar kind of non-solicitation thing where they can't hire their employees but they handle it a much better way <coughs> they got no lawyers involved they talked Principle to principle, here. you know, imagine owner that. Owner, right? Imagine talking. Imagine said, hey, just here's, here's picking what's going up the on. phone or <laughs> setting up a meeting over breakfast or something and hammering it out. So, so again, how did that happen? Well, no, we, well, they, we they, don't they, have they the had, answer. They had a contract in place, but they no, but it, they didn't get the lawyers involved. They they say let's talk, mano a mano. Let's talk man to man, woman to woman. Whatever it's gonna be, let's talk about it. Here's what I'd like, and you've got reasonable people. Usually, things can be hashed out to a a reasonable way of doing things sure sure but you got to go through the ringer a few times unfortunately to to have confidence enough to do that and not worry 
nobody likes the legal system unless it's going to benefit them, then they're happy with it, and that's how lawyers often justify their their times, and there's some truth to that. You can't deny that, but too often they're brought in where, to your point, common sense and just let's get together, Adam, and, and we can hammer this out. I mean, two reasonable people, we don't want to run up expenses and bad feelings and go places where we we don't have to go. I would I would say a big, big percentage of that uh, would prevail if more people would take that approach. It becomes frustrating, and, and, and lawyers got to understand that's why they get bad names. It's you know In this case, they aren't negotiating stuff. They aren't necessarily adding value. It's legal jostling back and forth about what you can and can't do, and it just drags things out, and they're always looking for these little things. It's, it, it's just it, once you get into it, you know the, the 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 justice system. There's very little justice in that system. If you get into it, it's hard to get <laughs> out. Once you get sucked in, and, and so it's good to have lawyers you can talk to about stuff uh, to give you a sense of what's kind of going on, and then you, as the owner, decide what do you want to do. And you have some risks that are out there. There's always gonna be some risk, but you know you, you, it'd be good to know. So it's good to have somebody you can call and talk to you about this stuff. But you got to realize that chances are what's going to happen. You are not going to be excited and pumped up and ready to take on the world after talking to an well, attorney. That's what the attorneys do. I mean, their their job is to throw out the negative and look at the downside, not get you pumped up and optimistic about winning. Although, hey, you know, you have a pretty good case here, but. And then the butts come pouring out. Oh, wait a minute. How does that sound? Well, never <laughs> mind. The butts come pouring out. And what goes to a neutral feeling, maybe a little optimism, goes to negative because that's where the focus is. And I understand that. I, I understand that. And that's okay. That that design has a place. But it usually doesn't have a place way up front when the, hey, Adam, let's talk this out. Let's meet for breakfast tomorrow and see if we can hammer this out. Once that kind of fails, then, yeah, start the process because you aren't going anywhere, unfortunately. Right. And we, we've seen many, many cases at, at many different stages, and that's kind of how it works. So that's a big reason, going back to your earlier point, Jack, why we get a lot of phone calls. We're the first phone call. It's rare that when a client hangs up with us, they're feeling like the whole life got sucked out of them or anything like that. They usually feel pretty good about what's happening. Yeah. They, they feel excited. They, they feel calmed down. Whatever it might be, they, they, they usually feel pretty good when we, when we get off our phone call, get out of our meeting. Because we're giving them some perspective on stuff, too. That even, hey, if it, if it happens to be where it's a negative situation, well, this is the best you can do. And, okay, you try to make the best of a not-so-good situation. So, all right. We got one more segment to come here after the break. So stay tuned for that. We have one more how question as well as something to follow up from our last week's show. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we're sitting here just spinning yarns about how questions. Stay tuned for more yarn spinning here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM. 101.5 FM and online at wintradio.com. Where did all the blue skies go? All right, we're back here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. Hey, you look like you're getting ready to applaud there. You know, last segment coming it's been up. a good show so far, Jack. So far. <laughs> got more to go. We got our last segment coming up here, Jack. Don't, don't. That's crap good. out of me now. You're spinning no, yarns over there. Let's that's keep spinning. right. I am. You know, I am spinning yarns today. Spun a lot of yarns today. 
<clears throat> we always got welcome. a couple more, a <laughs> couple more coming. Yarn no, spinners are welcome to be part of the show at four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. If you miss us when we're here, you can give us a call directly after the show at eight seven seven eight four nine zero six seven zero. Email radio at maximumvp.com. And out in Twittersphere, we got our company handle at, at MaximumVP. Jack's up there with at Jack M, MVP. And I'm at, at Adam Sonhalter. And you can check us out on our website, MaximumVP.com. So we've had a lot of hot questions they've been kind of addressing, a lot of things around employee stuff. And one of those that came to mind, Jack, something we were talking about too earlier today, was a, was a prospect of ours. And the question of how do you, how do you run a business when you don't know business? Boy, especially especially the numbers. How do you do it? You don't. You don't. You you look at numbers. You, if if you don't have business knowledge, how in the world? Like many things, you know, if you don't have any basic knowledge in it, how in the world can you execute in it? It's like you know, just uh, turning all the lights out and wandering around, bumping into walls, and and you don't know. Everything is trial and error. So you need some experience. That's the problem with startups. Startups are very difficult. It takes a lot of good mentoring, a lot of trial and error. That's why so many of them don't really make it. Uh, it isn't so much attitude, passion, all that good kind of stuff. Those are great things. But if you don't have a clue on how things work, how in the world are you going to move the ball forward? How do you do that? I don't know. You work You work more, you work harder. That's where people usually do it. And most folks that get in a company usually do it because they love, or they start it, or they, they get into it somehow. They usually they, they, they love the product or service part of it. And they figure, hey, I'm going to be doing that. So whether it be baking pies, practicing law, writing code as an engineer, whatever it might be, I love that part of it, right? So they usually get started there, and they, and they don't appreciate the other stuff. Wait, I'm going I'm to counter that a little bit, Adam. All right. I think they say they love it because they don't know what else to say. People, uh, journalists kind of create this, this, I'll call it a semi-monster here, uh, putting a microphone in front of somebody and saying, well, why did you start this, this apple orchard? Well, this is my passion, they answer. Or they'll give some, some rationale, some yarn. They'll give a yarn uh, about how they woke up in the middle of the night and this was it, or they've been doing this and exposed to it for three years and they love it, and... It's not the way it works. You often don't know why you wander into something, and you're going to move in a direction that emphasizes your skills. You know, you, you know how to do something, and that's what you're going to do. If you don't know how to do something, how are you going to do it? Okay, that's what I was going to say next. <clears throat> say it. Because they know it. That's why and they're that's, doing it. They that's know why, it. not because it's my passion. You, if I hear you, got you, it. you need a passion, or I'm doing this because I have a passion for photography. What a bunch of nonsense that is. But you hear it often. Right. And, and it's not the way it works. You don't go into small business with a passion for, for uh, electronic circuit boards. Uh, you, 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 you don't do it that way. But yet that's the answer given, and we have a... A common speak that that people will hear or watch a TV interview, and they'll say the same kind of things. Football players or or sports players are are notorious for talking about the the same kind of comments about oh, it wasn't them that had this great game; it was my team. If I didn't have my lineman, I couldn't do this. Blah blah blah. It's a bunch of nonsense. It's not how it works, <laughs> but that's what's talked about. 
and probably nobody knows what I'm talking about other than you, because you usually can understand. I can understand you, Jack. And when they have it, when they have a bad game, it's just my fault. The team did did well, just my fault that time, right? And so, so all this false never, humility, right. you know, the things they want to say, they don't say about that big 320 well, we little, pound we could guard. Use a little false humility these days. There's too much other self-aggrandizement. So, <laughs> so people usually know. I agree. They you know, they say they love it, but they, usually they know the product or service. So that gets some comfort in being in the business because they, they they at least know the product or service. Hey, wait a minute. We do. We we do what we know how to do, right? Yes, we do. We don't do something we don't know how to do very often and succeed in it. That's a very simple statement, but... Yeah, we don't often wake up naturally and be naturally good <coughs> at something. That's right. You get to learn. So that's so, where you'll hang out, and that's where your confidence is. It isn't well, stuff you don't a, know. As so. a new business owner, what you're constantly <coughs> doing is you're learning every day the other stuff. One of our favorite words, unlike fair and all those other kind of things, we love the word stuff. Oh, stuff yeah. is a great word. And there's a lot of other stuff besides the products and services that go into the business. We got marketing to grow the sales and customer stuff and and employee stuff and number stuff and planning stuff and legal stuff, all kinds of stuff that makes that business go that most people really, including these new owners, don't realize because so they don't here, think about so it. So here I am. I have a passion, Adam, for baking pies. <laughs> and I get into what a kind business. of pies, Jack? You like just apple, the apple, apple, apple. Oh, yeah. Okay. But so I got a passion for baking pies. I got a passion for making ice cream. We should get together, Jack. We should. Okay. So somebody pushes me. They talk me into it after months of I should get my own business, and I do. And all this other stuff you're talking about comes to bear, and I don't have a freaking clue. And my passion isn't driving me anymore. I'm waking up in the middle of the night with cold sweats, figuring out how in the world am I going to pay my vendors tomorrow because they're shutting me off. Anyway, I thought I'd just interject that a little bit, making the passion thing count again. So what most <coughs> people are doing day-to-day to -day run the business is they are not necessarily working on making the product or service better. They're trying to figure out the other business stuff that they didn't realize that they didn't know until they got started. And so usually when we meet somebody and they become a client of ours, it's rare that it's at the startup phase. It's rare that it's in the first couple of years. It usually takes a couple of years of somebody kind of trying to grind it out. Hey, I can work harder. I can read up on stuff. I can stay up later. I can put more effort into it. And so I, I go from working 40 or 50 hours a week at a job that I wasn't too fond of anymore to now I'm working 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. Plus, I'm thinking about it all the time. And, I don't, and it's I consuming still don't, me. I still can't take money out to, to pay myself. And the, and the more I learn, <clears throat> the more I keep climbing that hill, Jack, I keep realizing, oh, this is only the first plateau. And I didn't realize how tall that hill wasn't really a hill. It's really a mountain of stuff. I keep climbing and climbing. And I, I hit a mudslide. I go back down. It, it, it's a constant battle. And I say, hey, often, way too often, that's when people give up. And that's the worst thing to do. But to realize that you're not alone. Most folks are in that state of kind of, what do you call it, a kind of a quiet panic or frustration that, hey, I didn't know all this stuff. And I'm doing the best I can, and, I'm, and I can only work so much. There's only so many hours in the well, day. That's Eventually when, start to that's break when they're going to bring on a business coach. And, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff. Sometimes it can sound very negative, but uh, it's, it's an attempt to sort of frame what's going through so many owners of businesses' minds. They don't understand business. And that's what we do. We help them. We help them succeed. We help them understand businesses and there are the business part of business. And there are ways to do that. And we are very successful in doing that. 
And then we say we have fun. We have fun when we watch our clients achieve and have aha moments when they understand how to read a financial statement and and look and, and know how to use use the financials to help run the business and develop marketing plans and understand planning and the wisdom of it. That's fun. That's fun for us because it gets results. Kind of putting in more effort and talking about your passion to a journalist who doesn't understand business either. <coughs> Excuse me. Those kind of things we don't have a lot of use for. Well, we get very passionate about business. So that's what Jack and I love. And really the folks who, when they talk about loving their, their business, when they talk about the product or service standpoint, those are typically folks who are very good at the business side of business. And what they're really saying is that they, they love the business part of it. I mean, it becomes very exciting to, you know, when you start to see and the light bulbs start to kind of go off. It's like the movie The Matrix when you know, uh, Neo only saw a bunch of numbers going up down the screen whereas everybody else was seeing a bunch of activity. And it wasn't until he started to kind of see through that and he started to see what was really kind of going on. That becomes like our owners. They start to see things very, very differently. So it's a very, very important thing, and we, we love doing it. We get very excited about it, as you can tell. And we also get very excited and passionate about other things. You know, we touched <laughs> on, I want to follow up I on, hope so. yeah, on, yeah. Uh, on a discussion we had last week from Mr. Curious, and he was asking about a prediction on a game that happened last week. Jack, do you remember that part of our show last week? I don't remember that, no. Oh. Well, there's a, there's a little thing called the Holy War last weekend. I don't remember that which either. Is a, which is a battle between St. Ignatius and St. Ed's. I got, I'm in a... Concussion protocol right now. Oh, that's too bad. I, I won I, that game. I, I kind of Is forgot that? about it a little bit. Then I, I came into the, <laughs> the studio today, and you're, you got some junk on your head. It has this little E thing that you know kind of makes you want to knock it off your head. Oops. So it was a very valiant <laughs> effort and very good game, but uh, the better team won, which would be St. Ignatius at a late a late uh, touchdown. Wait, well, we had to give some charity. We're waiting for the playoffs, so we want you guys to. Building up some, our confidence, some huh? satisfaction of, of the season since you lost to a nobody there. That's right. That's a good. That's a good defense, Jack. <laughs> I like that. You know, and, uh, take take defeat well. <clears throat> so yeah, it was a good week, a good battle, and uh, God willing, there'll be a rematch here in a couple weeks. We'll see if that uh, how that all works out when it when it when it really counts for the playoffs, right? That's right. That's right. Going for the big prize. Right. So I was awful, but I said it'd be a late field goal by Trickett to win the game. It was a late touchdown instead. So I was close. I had the right theme. I was my my crystal ball is <laughs> a little bit off, Jack. So. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to make sure we circle back on that before we close out today's show. So thank you very much for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Again, we're here every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can get us in between at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call at 877-849-0670. Yes, and uh, we will see you next week, folks. Yes, we will. 7.30 on Wednesday evenings in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. we got cold weather coming, so, but we'll be here come rain or shine or snow. If you miss any part of this show, you can head over to WINT.com, uh, look in the archive programs, or better yet, go on to iTunes and, and subscribe to our, to our podcast and leave a review there when you're there and you can get it. Again, learn more, more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 a.m., 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. <laughs>